So the reason I wanted you on here though is because we were we had a meeting and you were like, I got a playlist when I get a divorce. And I'm like, are you in the process of getting a divorce? You're like, no, but it's gonna happen. It would happen. So I already got a playlist for it. And I was like, who the fuck? <laughs> a playlist for a divorce that's not even coming yet <laughs> you're like eh, whatever happens and i was like she's got it that's what i definitely was like she's got to be on my podcast <laughs> i want to I talk about the playlist of divorce mm. <laughs> hello friends yes oh my god i'm so excited episode 17 I, I never thought i'd get this far here we go I am Dion McGill, your host of Off the Beaten Podcast. Welcome. If this is your first time listening, so glad to have you. If you are one of the faithful, welcome back. Um, we are telling stories about amazing Chicago people. And in the process, we are creating new narratives for this amazing city that um, sometimes people try to throw shade at and people try to talk about and the best way to know it is through the amazing people so that's what we're doing here and I'm so enthused I can be a part of that and it's amazing so this week my guest is an amazing person uh, her name is Maria de Guille and she is an I just label her as an activist and youth worker uh, working with youth here in Chicago well she's either for herself but working with youth here in Chicago and she is an amazingly effervescent personality which you can get a glimpse at from that opening clip I've had the pleasure of having some amazing conversations thus far but I don't think I've had one nearly as dynamic as this one um, there was laughing there was crying and there were these moments of just amazing insight also in this episode we discuss the, the whole episode actually revolves around a playlist so i've actually assembled that playlist and you can listen to it on spotify spotify is what i use so if you don't use spotify i think you'll still be able to listen to it just with commercials and if not pay up the money whatever uh spotify is great i listen i use it daily like hours and hours daily but the playlist is there there'll be a link down in the episode notes so you know hit your info button or wherever app you're in and see the info the episode notes and a link to the playlist will be there so i hope you enjoy this episode as much as i did um i was editing it last night and i was literally just laughing and just like oh and you know, it, it had I had an emotional reaction uh, to much of this conversation. So I hope you get some of that feeling as well. So uh, here is my conversation with Maria de Guille. Um, all right are you ready yeah almost hold on all right (laughs) now i'm ready okay and we are 
Recording. Yay. How are you? I'm good. How are you? All right, doing? pop quiz. Yes. What neighborhood are we in? I don't know, but it's the it's the rich kind. It's not the rich kind. I wish. Okay, but you're like off. Yeah, you're right. It smells, <laughs> it smells like weed, so it's probably it does smell like <laughs> it's probably it's probably not the richest part. But there's people walking around. Oh no! So I'm just like I mean like not walking around like my neighborhood, but like walking around like they're strolling. They're strolling. So I feel like. That's like rich people stuff. Like they have no cares in the world. Yeah. Like, dude, shouldn't you be getting ready for work on Monday? Like, go home. Oh, no. <laughs> well, I can assure you I don't live in a rich neighborhood. No, it's Woodline. Oh, it's Woodline. And there's, okay. I had to pass the, the rich side. And they're so lucky to have me here. No one reps their neighborhood like I rep my neighborhood. Ah, all yes. the time. They're lucky. I don't know if they know they're lucky. They're lucky to have me. Uh, they're very lucky to have Absolutely. you. Absolutely. <laughs> so thank you. Oh my god, I'm so excited. So I think I don't remember. I don't remember exactly where we met, but I was like the first time we met. I'm like, oh, she's got to be on my bike. <laughs> <laughs> um, I remember the first time I met you. Um, I think. What did we talk about? I don't even know what we talked about. I don't remember either. I have such a horrible memory though. Yeah, no, I, I don't remember what we talked about. I just remember thinking like, oh, wow, he's quite dynamic. He has a personality. That's nice. I try my hardest. <laughs> Especially around the people I got to spend my time. No, <laughs> um, like, we're not, not going to talk about that. I tend to be a little too colorful. <laughs> so, yes, the first, I, I yeah, I don't remember. But, uh, yeah, but I think... And I wrote this down. I said, you strike me as someone who's very fearless. Like, mm. that was one of my first opinions of you. I'm like, man, she just lives free as all fuck. She don't care. <laughs> <laughs> she, she just doing life. Like, she don't care. Yeah. Yeah. I could I could see that. I could, even though it was a professional setting, I could, <laughs> I could you know, that's funny because I was talking to my friends yesterday. Um, we had to get together for the holidays and... They were, I don't know, we were, I was texting. Oh, I was texting. And then, like, when I was texting, I told them, like, a lot of people told me that I text like I talk. And they were like, yeah, you do. And I was like, well, do you guys not text the way you talk? Like, I don't, I don't get it. I think a lot of people don't. <laughs> but, and then all of a sudden, my friend was like, well, shouldn't, well, he's like, well, I'm sure you, you text differently when you work with someone. And then I remember, like, I was talking to one of these, like, one of the people that runs a pretty big hospital, and I really, I'm pretty dope with him, and I talked to him, like, the way I talk to my friends, and then one of my friends was like, what are you talking about? She doesn't fucking change for anybody, and I was like, I don't get it, like, that's just how I talk, <laughs> but that's the professional side of me, but apparently it's still, um, it's still not. No, it's good, though. It's, um... So we both work in professional settings where we come across a lot of like really like relatively important people, right? Doctors and I don't know about all that. I mean, like we're pretty important. I'm I'm in a pretty good podcast right now. So. <laughs> well, 
Well, in that case, I'm super important. <laughs> but no, it, it, you know, it's it's kind of weird. Um, no, because like even like at my and like I never really talk about where I work, but I I come across a lot of doctors, mm-hmm. and I'm like, oh, okay, like oh, well, all right, you know, and especially the ones who yes. like you know they're making boatloads of money and they got like the nice suits, and I'm like, oh. I know, and then you see them and you're like, can you buy me something? I've actually like, heard you tell a doctor that. I have, actually. I'm just like, I don't care what you buy me. Can you just buy me something with your paycheck? Like, I just want to see how much you can afford. Like, because apparently you're not supposed to ask how much people make, but I always do because I'm curious. So, like, I always ask people and apparently my bosses are always like, Maria, you're not supposed to do that. And I was like, I don't get it. Why is everybody keeping it a secret? Because they're making so much. <laughs> It's just like, oh, it's because you don't want me to feel bad. That's so messed up. I was gonna say the answer is because you don't feel bad. <laughs> well, if they feel bad, you know what I'm saying? Like, pass a fucking law so I can make as much as you, mo. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> don't feel bad for me. Take action. Oh my god. <laughs> don't you ever just see somebody and you're just like, dude, I bet you that motherfucker has a yacht. Like, oh. No, you know what? Here's here's the thing that gets me, especially so you work in a nonprofit world. I do. And and I work in a nonprofit world. And sometimes you'll hear Your these Your nonprofit is different from a nonprofit. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> like my nonprofit actually means no money. So I know about well, you. Well, I, I my nonprofit means no money too, for no, no, not, 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 not no money for Dion. They're but not. they got money for someone else. <laughs> like I said, they're not giving me a lot of it. But it's it's all you know, you hear these stories like Oh, you know, ex nonprofit gets a like anonymous donation of like eight million dollars. I'm like, what motherfucker was sitting around like? First of all, I've got eight million. First of all, <laughs> first of all, let me just tell you. Come something. on, let's be real. The nonprofits that get millions and millions, we all know they the white nonprofits. Oh, behave okay. yourself. I'm not. I'm not. I'm, I'm not like, throwing no shade. I'm just, <laughs> no, no motherfucker. Like tons of shade. Like fucking Alaska shade. What are you talking about? Like. No sun for 39 days straight oh, kind of no. shade. Like, first of all, those are the ones that get that million dollar, whoa, what the fuck? Where'd where they come from? Like, because my my organization never saw that. Never never got a mill. Never got a cool bill. Well, shit, give me a mill. <laughs> I'm a nonprofit too. <laughs> but I'm always like, what people are sitting around like, oh, I'm you know, I'm going to give this money because I have it. I just have it to give. Like, yeah. And tomorrow, I'm going to keep on living. If I gave like $1,000 to somebody, I'm broke. <laughs> First of all. I'm so broke. The two people sitting in this apartment, in this studio. This is an apartment train, right? This is an apartment <laughs> train. I just want to say that we broke. We broke. So if anybody wants to donate. <laughs> <laughs> to, to either one of us. To D- no, to Dion so he can afford his studio. <laughs> Now, why you hate? See, now you really throw a shade. Whatever. This, oh my god. This is delightful. Okay, look. I we, love it. We got we got TV. You, <laughs> we got I TV. know. I, what is that movie? That's uh, wedding bridesmaids. Bridesmaids is on right it's now. It's on and yeah. it's on mute because it's professional. Right. <laughs> I really love it. And we're sitting at a card table. Like I, I make no a secrets about table? this. We are at a card table. This, is this what it's called? This is exactly what. This is what you break out when you want to play dominoes. Oh, this <laughs> like, is a poker's table. It's like a poker table. Yeah. With a towel. With a towel, so there's not a lot of noise, right? See, no, I'm- it's a towel because he's classy. <laughs> I don't, I don't own any like tablecloths. <laughs> you know, you're a bachelor, bro. I'm so bad. My look at this place. <laughs> I mean, you know what? You're better than my husband was when I first met him, and he was a bachelor Aww. because 
because my husband <laughs> lived in the studio and his couch had no cushions. Oh no. Because he's my husband's like super African, yo. Like Is he African? He's African. Oh. He's North African. Oh cute. So he's like light skinned. And I and I always oh. tell him like that joke that people say, like, when God was giving out melanin, you were out of town. But does he have like a a French accent? Does he have an um, accent at all? He has a hell yeah, he has a thick ass accent. Like, <laughs> I swear to God, true story. We were playing Assassins yesterday, you know that game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and I was a narrator, and I was like, "All right, let's play." You know, like, and I was like, "Okay, the setting is Hogwarts, so everybody has to talk in a British accent." And my husband has a thick Arabic and French accent. Oh wow! Okay, <laughs> and I was like. Okay, fine. You guys don't have to... Because they were complaining. And I was like, fine. Don't do a British accent. Just do any kind of accent. You know, I don't care what it is. And then my husband's like, I don't I don't know. And I was like, just talk in an accent. Like, I was like, do an African accent. And he's like, this is my African accent. And I was like... <laughs> I was like, you're right, boo. My bad. <laughs> Let me take my sit. Let me sit my ass down here. Oh, good Lord. How long have you been married? Uh, seven. We just made seven years on November twenty fourth. Oh, is that a yeah. good thing? Yeah. Are you happy about? That? I heard. Uh, you know, I'm I'm getting used to him. Okay, I'm getting used to him. I mean, <laughs> you know, you strike me as someone who very reluctantly walks into relationships. I I, you know what? You yes, strike me it's as that true. Person <laughs> it is so true. Like, I was single for like five years straight oh no. before he came along, and it is so amazing because he literally like. We met on April 13th. It was Friday the 13th, just so you know. It was, Friday. Yeah, it was literally Friday the 13th. <laughs> um, <laughs> we met at a Starbucks. Um, because I was writing in my... I, I came from another Starbucks, but I was waiting for my class to start at Truman. So on Wilson and... I think... It's not Malden. The one that comes after... <laughs> Um, is this coffee shop, this Starbucks shop, and it has like a little patio outside. And I was sitting down and I was like writing in my journal because, you know, I mean, I was a teenager with angst. Hello, I have to write. Um, and I was like talking about how miserable my <laughs> life was. And then I was like, I hate everybody that was talking to me. I don't know. I still have the journal somewhere. But I, um, I still do that. <laughs> I did oh, that last yeah. night. Like, I hate all these <laughs> motherfuckers. Why is my <laughs> life like this? I can totally see that. I can totally see that. Um, I'm motherfucking 40. Why is this happening to me? Why does no one love you? When am I ever going to find love? Um, so, you know, like, it's normal shit. So, I was writing, and then I sat down outside, and then there was this guy across the way. He was sitting at another table. He was on his laptop, and he was in a white T-shirt. Okay, I'm in, like jeans or something. I don't know something immigrant like. That's how immigrants oh, dress. Yourself. Um, so what? That's how immigrants dress. Like that's how I dress. I mean, if I was skinny enough, I'd fit into jeans. I'd probably wear jeans. Anyway, <laughs> I was saying, um, I was like, I wrote. I literally wrote in my journal. I was like, damn, this guy looks good in a t-shirt. I was like, you know, because as a big person, right? Uh-huh. One of my biggest goal is to fit nicely in a t-shirt okay and, I, and so when i saw him i was like oh and i was like oh he's cute and i was and then he got up and he laughed like he looked like we had eye contact right mm-hmm. and i smiled at him because i was like mm. and he was like mm. i don't know what he said whatever but <laughs> and then, and then like uh he left 
Um, so when he left, uh, I was like, and I wrote in my journal, I was like, damn, I'm never going to see this dude again. Yeah. Uh, um, and then I kept writing in my journal, kept talking shit about my friends or whatever. And then he came out of nowhere. And then he was really awkward and like super like nervous, like the ones you see in anime or manga, like shaking. It was really funny. Oh. He was like a little chihuahua. So I decided to bully him. So, <laughs> so he asked, <laughs> I don't know, something about people in fear makes me want to bully them. Um, okay. So he was like asking me for my, uh, I don't know, he asked me like, his first thing he ever said to me was, are you doing your homework? And I looked at him and I was like, no. And then, <laughs> and then, um, the, and then he was struggling a lot. And then I was just laughing at him. And then at the end of it, I was like, hey, man, do you want my number? And he's like, yes. <laughs> I was like, okay. And then um, that was April 13th, 2012. And then... On November 24th, 2012, we got married. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was like six months. Oh, wow. Whose idea was that? Fucking his. Okay. Wasn't even mine. All right. Well, because he knew. Because you... <laughs> like, like, she'll be kicking and screaming forever. Let me just go <laughs> lock her down. I know. I was like, I was like, this is fast. But I was like, like the first time he told me he loved me, mm-hmm. like I just said it because I think I was supposed to. Oh. <laughs> I I did not love him when I first said I love oh, you. Oh well, now you do though. <laughs> I mean, it's debatable oh, okay. right now. I mean, I I like I'm fond of him. I like him. You like him a lot. I mean, that I mean, Dion, don't over exaggerate. He puts that's up a, with your shit. Okay, yeah, that's a big thing. Yeah. I think that's a big. Dion, that's, I think that's my issue. <laughs> I can't find somebody to put up my. They're like, fuck this dude. <laughs> Three weeks in, I'm like, wait a minute. Uh, <laughs> I got good points too. They're like, fuck you. <laughs> They're gone. <laughs> I'm like, and I'm single again. Oh, <laughs> single again. I'm on, I'm on the road again. <laughs> back out. Back on what Tinder. <laughs> Hello, everybody. Please I'm, swipe right on Dion. I, I, I'm at that point in online dating where I'm literally like coming across people I'm like, that chick blew me off last time. Oh, my God. Dion. <laughs> swipe left. <laughs> Fuck that bitch. She wasn't even as pretty as she said on her picture. I'm in the second rotation. <laughs> I come back up like every two years. That's wow. so messed up. It's horrible. No. Oh, it must be hard out there. Your life is so it hard. It is hard out there for a non pimp. <laughs> oh. they, they, they say pimps have problems. The guys who ain't got money in cars are really struggling. This is bullshit. Oh my goodness. Bullshit. Okay, I'm well, sorry. I'm trying to clean up my language. My my friend's mom listens to this, and I'll tell her I'm going to... Hi, clean. friend's mom. Yes, How Pam. How you doing? Miss Pam. Miss Pam. I'll Just so her. you know, Dion is not actually not cursing. He's just going to edit it out. I'm, I'm going to try my... I'm trying my hardest to clean up my language, so I'm going to keep it together now. <laughs> but the reason I really wanted you... I'm actually going to reposition myself. I know I'm getting crazy here. Um, okay. The reason... Okay, I should have went the other way, though. Oh. Okay, work with me here. <coughs> All right. All right. Is that better? Okay, I think that's better for me. I don't know. I can see you, too. It's hard to see with these things. I know there's... I got a big face. I'm, can you see half my face? <laughs> I used to have, like, just a microphone in the middle of the table, and it yeah. sounded awful, but it was just, like, a free-for-all. Oh, yeah. That, and actually, I think that's picking up better, too. So the reason I wanted you on here, though, was because we, we had a meeting, and you were like... 
I got a playlist when I get a divorce. And I'm like, are you in the process of getting a divorce? You're like, no, but it's going to happen. And when it happens, I already got a playlist for it. And I was like, who the fuck <laughs> makes a playlist for a divorce that's not even coming yet? You're like, eh, whatever happens. And I was like, she's got it. That's what I definitely was like. She's got to be on my podcast. <laughs> I want to I talk about the playlist of divorce. So tell me about your playlist of divorce. <laughs> okay. First now that of we're all, talking about your great husband. <laughs> first of all, I just want to make it clear that there's a lot of scenarios. A lot of them ends in divorce. <laughs> because... <laughs> Because um, because as somebody who grew up in the Philippines, I grew up on like Air Supply and Ariel Speedwagon and Barry Manilow and Kenny Rogers, all sad. like all really fucking sad. All like sad. I was gonna say all of those. Like I feel real good when I sing "Unbreak My Heart." You know what I mean? Like Tony Braxton. You know? <laughs> okay. All right. I'm not judging. Well, you should, because it's really messed up. Um, I probably should judge, but I'm not going <laughs> to judge. I will leave you to your devices. So, like, you know, so, like, when I'm driving, so one of the ways that I cope with stress and, you know, just a little bit of background so people don't completely think I'm crazy. I mean, they would, probably. I I think I'm crazy, but... Ah, no, we're not judging here. We're, we're no, let's gonna, judge. Let's judge. Okay, because let's, All right, everybody, we're judging now. We're judging. Um, <laughs> Because... Filipinos like to judge because we're perfect. Um, I saw that in a video somewhere, so I'm just repeating it. Um, so I grew up in the Philippines, um, in like a very, very, very small village, okay. right? In a, in a, so um, I'm actually from a very small tribe called um, Igorot. The Igorot tribe is a um, like first settlers in the mountain area where mm-hmm. compl- like we're quite dark we're from the islands of Negros Occidental so it's like a, it's like a really small island anyway um, <laughs> I grew up I grew up um, in Philippines like I was born in the city then we kept coming back to where my mom's village was um, and there's no electricity there's no bathrooms so like you know we all like bathe in the river by the waterfalls we did our laundry there like all that kind of stuff so that was kind of like the background of my life and then when I went to the city for the last two years I kept hearing American songs right and we didn't have a tv we were we were living with family um we didn't have our own home and there were seven kids and we always had to split up because nobody could take all of us in yeah um so you know, there were, we dealt with a lot of homelessness and like a lot of trauma. Uh, my dad was an abusive alcoholic, so there's a lot of there was a lot of need to escape. Yeah. So, my big sister, her name is Twinkle. That's right. Filipinos do that too. They have really good names. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Uh, my sister Twinkle and my sister Special. Yeah, that's right. And my name's fucking Maria. Just so you know. Um. <laughs> and my little sister, Lovely. Are you fucking kidding me? Twinkle Special Lovely. How'd you get the boring name? Um, I was named after my dad's mistress. That's no, that, that's so not true. It's so fucking true. <laughs> Is that true? I know, he's a shameless bastard. Oh I know. my God. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not laughing. <laughs> now, Dion's actually crying. I'm, this is his crying. I am. There's literally tears coming from <laughs> 
his mistress's name was Paulette. And then my mom found out. She was like, no, your name will be Paula from now on. So that's how my name became Maria Paula. Because all of us either got Anna or Maria yeah. in front of our names because my mom's name is Anna Maria. Okay. So there's Anne Margaret, um, Annalisa, who's Twinkle. Okay. Marianne, Baghdad. My dad was in Baghdad at the time. That's special. Um, <laughs> and then there's lovely Maria. And then there's Maria Paula. That's okay. me. Um, but Twinkle used to keep a songbook. Um, she would write down the lyrics herself because no internet. Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh, Pichal and I would get bored and we would steal her songbook. And I remember that Pichal and I would sing the songs. Yeah. Um, and they were all super cheesy, Barry Manilow, Air Supply, <laughs> like calm like it's like it's a really really bad cheesy music bad cheesy music um but it was cheesy music that lifted your heart and your soul and it was just so beautiful yeah. so when i think about divorcing my husband <laughs> i think about songs that lift my spirits <laughs> does he know that you think about divorcing him like is this something he's like oh yeah she's got that divorce playlist now <laughs> That's so awesome. I'm okay. So a lot of people when they meet me and him, a lot of people are like, How do you stand her? <laughs> oh I know. And I was is, like, is Yeah. He, is he quiet? Oh my god, super introverted. Oh my god, because you are a you are a, a bright personality. Right? <laughs> yeah, no. I have a bright personality. You have a bright personality. <laughs> okay, alright. He's very, very quiet. He's the type that will not talk to you unless he has to. Yeah. Um, he's also very, yeah, he's he's antisocial. <laughs> he is. Um, he's, you know, he's also, he grew up in a traditional, like, Muslim, like, family in oh, okay. Morocco. And, um, you know, culturally, he's different from me. Yeah. I mean, everything. Um, but he's a... Yeah, he's he's very very different from me, and he knows about the different scenarios I play in my head because he knows that I have a lot of I uh, I got diagnosed with depression when I was sixteen. Yeah, and um, my cancer, uh, my cancer, my husband had cancer like in twenty fifteen. Oh wow! Yeah, he had a he had like a stage four testicular cancer, and he, um, so he and I dealt with cancer for like since then um and my panic attacks mm -hmm. like i had i started getting panic attacks mm -hmm. and anxiety so i actually have a general anxiety disorder and like depressive mindsets and all of that stuff and so part of being um depressed is that you actually you have this kind of thing where you wait for the other shoe to drop yeah right yeah for sure so when i first met him i was like shit we're gonna break up i just don't know when you know, and I don't know why we're going to break up. Mm -hmm. And I and I come from that background where my dad was abusive towards my mom. And I'm pretty sure my mom has Stockholm Syndrome, but let's just let her live her life. And I'm not going to tell her about that. Um, Fair <laughs> so, enough. Yeah, I know. Pick your battles. Um, so a lot of that stuff I carry with me. And part of the sexiest thing about my husband when I first met him was that he never needed therapy. And I was like, damn. Yeah. Walk back again. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. Yeah, oh, for sure. Uh, now he's fucked up. I mean. <laughs> it's, 
Now <laughs> you've broke him. <laughs> no, I broke him. Um, but he knows about this stuff because that's how I deal with trauma and stress. Like, I tend to overthink. I'm like the classic overthinker. Like, say something and I have to think about it for days and weeks until I'm ready, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I uh, I drive around and I make up scenarios in my head. Of you and your husband breaking up. Um, yes, breaking up. Sometimes it's like we'll have kids first and then we'll break up. Or most of the time it's we don't have kids because it makes the breakup cleaner. Um, so that or um, sometimes, I mean, most of the time I think about us getting remarried or getting a dog. But I know I'm not very good with dogs. Buying a house. Buying you know, a stuff house. like that. Okay. So most of the time it's happy, but there are times where I'm just like, no, let me just fuck this shit up. Let me just let me just destroy this marriage. You know? Oh, no. And I'm just like, you know what? He's gonna cheat. I'm gonna catch his ass and it's gonna be and I'm gonna go fucking carry underwood on him and like, you know, that kind of stuff. Well, that fortunately, hopefully, would never happen. <laughs> But, I mean, but I got a playlist for it, though. But you have a playlist. <laughs> so tell me about this playlist. Yeah. So um, setting up is really important, right? So the beginning of this playlist is about falling in love. Okay? Okay. So we meet with, um, have you ever heard that song? Got to believe in magic. Tell me how two people find each other. I have heard that song. In a world that's full of strangers. Oh, you have a beautiful voice. Oh, yeah, I'm fucking Asian. Of course I have a beautiful voice. Okay, you got, a good, <laughs> you got a good boy there, though. <laughs> nah, I'm just joking. Um, so that one, um, so that's kind of like how we meet, right? Because, yeah. I mean, if you think about it, he's from Africa, born and raised. And I was born and raised in a very small village in Philippines. And out of all the places, we met at a Starbucks. And we were neighbors for a whole year and didn't even know it. Oh, wow. Yeah, and um, it, it was literally one of those things where after I met him, I called my sister and I was like, hey, I think I met my husband. Oh. And um, and I ended up, I did. That's so sweet. Yeah, but I'm about to fuck it up, so keep okay, going. Okay, you're about to fuck um, it up. All right, you go. So then, <laughs> so then we have another song. And then afterwards, like we get to know each other a little bit, so we start dating. So the song is Two Less Lonely People in the World by Air Supply. Do you know that song? Yes. Two less lonely people in the world. I just can't believe you're mine. I don't know that one. Oh yeah, it's um, it's really gay. I love it. Um, okay, <laughs> and uh, it's about just people just finding each other and just, just like being off the market, but just finding like peace with one another. Yeah. It's, it's really beautiful. Aww. And then the first song we actually ever sang together is the one that is closer to our marriage. At this part, we're already engaged, and that's the. You're just too good to be true. Can't take my eyes off of you. Okay. All right. Yeah, no. And I was like, damn, you can speak English, babe? I was like, so happy. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> and then. <laughs> so then we're married. Like, we're getting engaged. And we're getting married. So then, you know, Perfect by Ed Sheeran comes on. And, you know, you know that song. Everybody knows that damn song. Um, and then. You know, things like years pass or whatever. It has to be over seven years because we just turned seven years, you know. Yeah. So the, there has to be some sort of drops of reality within the thing. Because then I, I won't really feel it, yeah. right, if if I fuck it up and it's, like, not real. So I got I to gotta put some realness into it. So it has to be after seven years because obviously we're seven years married. 
so then you know um so what happens is that that song um hold up by uh, beyonce okay yeah so, hold up one. they don't love you like i love you sit down they don't love you like i love you no, no. <laughs> right? i think that yeah I and then that. and then what happens is that i i I'm like doing laundry, right? Okay, I mean, I swear to God, this is very specific, right? Shut up. So I always do laundry. <laughs> At this point, we have a house, okay? You know, okay. We have a house already. And so we're in the house. I'm doing his laundry, and I smell his perfume. His perfume on his, you know what I'm saying? Oh, no. It's called Perfume. Oh, no. By Britney Spears. Okay, that one. Okay. That one. That one, and um, it's like, oh, crap, I forgot the song. It's like, it's really about like, me knowing like me having this like feeling that he's cheating so what i do is like i put on a lot of perfume on me mm-hmm. and like kind of rub it on him mm-hmm. so that the other girl knows he's taken uh, it's like some next level petty shit you know what i mean okay fair so, <laughs> i like that i like that so then i uh i actually find out that he's cheating so then that's when I, because you know, there's two type of women, or maybe a lot more. I don't know. There's like, <laughs> I, I want to know. So the type I am, like, I, I'd like to think that I'd be like some classy bitch that's like, I found out you're cheating, and I'm gonna be like, yo, it's cool. Let's talk about it. You know, let's really figure it out. But then there's this side of me that's like, no, I'm probably just gonna fucking break your shit, you know. And that's, I think that's closer to who I am. So of course, remember drops of reality. Mm-hmm. So it has to be real. So then I go carry Underwood on his ass, like, you know, before he cheats. You know that song where he's like, she's like, um, I took a Louisville slugger with both headlights, slashed my, uh, like, slashed his keys and both his tires or some shit like that. Basically, she destroys his car. And then she's like, right now, he's probably slow dancing with some bimbo. Anyway, so... <laughs> I missed that one. Okay. So that's what happened. But I got to look that one up. <laughs> I'm so excited. I was thinking of another song. Okay. you. Th- I'm just, I don't know if I, I'm looking at my, Um. oh, I was thinking of Miranda Lambert. Oh. I have her no. song, Which Baggage one? Claim, in my Spotify. Oh. Like, I like that song. Right, right. I like that song. Okay, okay, get, okay. Get your shit. Get your sh- <laughs> No, I, I got that too, but I got a little bit of a different version. Because then after... After I, I break his car, basically. Oh, no. I go oh. Beyonce again, and I'm like, I am sorry. <laughs> now. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so, like, that's the, the song that comes after, because after that comes the song Irreplaceable. Okay. By Beyonce, right? Okay, yep. Where she's like, you know, pack up your shit. Yep. Get the fuck out of my house. Yep. And then I got to put a little bit of that creep Kanye West in here. <laughs> Come creep. He is a creep. He likes Donald Trump. He's weird. Uh, no, you don't. You don't have to comment on that. I'm just telling you. I believe it. Right, I believe it right where it is. He's, right. he's an uncle. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So Beyonce, keep your kids away from him. So that song, Heartless. Yes. How could you be so heartless? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Because you know, it's not. It's unreasonable for me not to be broken. Yeah. Right. Like. It has to, it has to, like, a part of me has to break a little bit yeah. because it has to be believable. And then, you know, that song. Um, so after that, after, like, kind of, kind of, like, getting angry and then kind of, like, the descent from anger is really deep sadness. Yeah. Right? And it's like, well, we built something. 
and how could you like take it away so then that's the song uh, didn't we almost have it all by whitney houston okay i know that one yeah yeah so it's like remember when we held on in the rain the nights we almost lost it (laughs) once again you know what i mean Uh, it's like you know like fuck you broke us you know you broke us like you did this my husband's actually a really good guy guys (laughs) but but i'm just saying um so in my scenario this is what happens um he's actually nice i'm just imagining him being a dirt bag no that's true it's really true like he's actually really fucking sweet and like like really good i mean i kept them right you totally kept them um so then after like we talk i talk about like you know this whole thing of like we almost had it the next song comes is like unbreak my heart by tony braxton right he's like yeah, because you're like that. Every time you break up with someone, it's like I don't want you anymore. But it's like, no, please come back. Yeah, come back. Um, and it's like you know, say you love me again. You yeah. know, undry these tears, right? So yeah, I mean, so that's kind of like the phase. And then of course, it doesn't make sense that I don't imagine his side because that would be crazy, right? Mm-hmm. So I can't be the only one that's miserable. That's really messed up. Because, like, I am a good fucking catch, right? Right. So. You're a total catch. I'm a fucking fish. What are you talking about? You're a total catch. I'm a fucking fish. Um, (laughs) Like fresh tilapia, baby. Um, So then he starts singing. And his song is like, you know, obviously he's going to beg for me. So it's like, baby, come back, right? Mm -hmm. Baby, come back. You know, that's yeah, yeah. Um, and then he's gonna try to apologize, right? Oh, so he's gonna try to do a little bit of Chicago with hard to say I'm sorry. You know, everybody needs a little time away. Oh, okay. Oh, that's a good one. Just for a day. Oh, that's a sad one. That's one of those that made, I listen to when I'm depressed. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, uh, nothing. Nothing tells you you're depressed than being Filipino. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and then. This is actually, this song means a lot to us, this next one. Um, whenever I'm, like, in the real world, not in my imagination, but in the real world, when I'm mad at him and I'm, like, really, really angry, I have to listen to this song. Mm-hmm. And listening to this song literally melts away all my anger towards him. Mm-hmm. And it allows me to, it allows me to, like, to connect with him again. Yeah. And it's the cheesiest song ever <laughs> by the biggest pothead. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's, um, maybe I didn't love you quite as good as I could have. Mm-mm. No? No. Who's that? Willie Nelson, always on oh, my mind. Oh, God. <laughs> yeah. That is the biggest pothead ever. <laughs> yeah. Where he's like, you were always on my mind. You know, and it's like it's a song about not not cheating, but just being unattentive and not being present in the marriage. Right. And to be completely honest, that's like one of our biggest hurdle. Right. Because we're both professional, like young professionals and um, coming from two completely different cultures Mm -hmm. and trying not to drown in like issues, Mm -hmm. but still trying to figure things out. Um, we both have a lot of traumas that we dealt with. And so like, 
a lot of the things that's you know that our marriage is like fighting against it's really about being as present Mm -hmm. mentally emotionally and physically and spiritually with each other and so that's why that song always brings us back together because that's the song that actually in real life like hits us the most um but enough of that gay shit. Anyway, oh, that's, that's super sweet. Look at, you're like such a closet romantic. Like I you really are. Am. Yeah, you are. Yeah, I really am. Um, that's why I have to break it. You know what I mean? Cause <laughs> too much. Um, too much. Uh, so like, so that's kind of like where he tries to play that. And I don't know if you know this song. Um, so these are like old, like every Filipino knows these songs. Yeah. I don't know about other cultures and other races, mm-hmm. but this. After he talks, like, you know, he does Willie Nelson, you how he has to come back and talk about how I know. So basically what he said in the past few songs is come back. It's hard to say I'm sorry, but I was always thinking of you. And the next one is ever if ever you were in my arms again. You know that song? Mm-mm. If ever you're in my arms again. This time I'll hold you much better. Oh, oh, This oh. time will never end. Is that like an 80s tune? It is so fucking 80s. Oh my God. Yes, um, I know. <laughs> it's by like P Boy Bryson. <laughs> oh no. Yes, I know that song. <laughs> oh no. So, so that's his song. She's right? like P Boy. <laughs> Well, Bryce. <laughs> so is he, is he still alive? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> oh no! Uh, yeah, I'm gonna tweet for him. Yeah, I'm alive, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> Who you think you playing with? Like, oh, I'm so sorry. I wasn't trying to be disrespectful. I was just asking. Um. So then, um. Obviously, because. He did all this. It just it. I always told him in the very beginning of our of our our relationship, we were very upfront with each other, and this was mm-hmm. like, this is the reason why I married him so fast, mm-hmm. because I never had to guess how he thought and how he felt. Yeah. He was very like straight up, like you know, like this is what I want or this is what I don't want, mm-hmm. and I found that very attractive because I was like, hey, I'm like that too. I'm so attractive to me. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dion's like cringing over there. <laughs> hey man, I, that's how I think. I'm like, I'm a fucking catch. If you don't see that, you don't deserve me. Ah, I'm a fucking mermaid. As I'm sitting on the corner <laughs> alone. I know, right? I uh, um. <laughs> Do you know who Joe Rogan is? No. He's a he he's a podcaster. Okay. He all, he he tells his story. When he went to a strip club, uh-huh. and he was like, it was in a on a back road in Dothan, Alabama. <laughs> yeah, that's and, a good setting. <laughs> right, and, and I always think about this because he's like, and his, he goes, his buddy gets the one attractive girl in the place, right? And he's like, and then I get stuck. And he's like, this girl, <laughs> he knows this girl he calls her shit breath the whole time. <laughs> he's like, she's wearing sweatpants and wrestling <laughs> shoes, and he's like. <laughs> And he said, her, her breath smells like he's like a drunk mariachi band. Just, just shit in her mouth, like over and over. He's like, it's awful. And she's like, let me get. He's like, she has freckles, red hair. And then he goes, it talks black. He's like, so she's like, hey, dog, let me get a lap. 
hey dog let me give you a lap dance dog he's like no <laughs> he's like my girlfriend doesn't let me get lap dances and so the whole night she's like he's like after that all she keeps saying is you don't want to get a lap dance dog i'm a bad bitch you don't know what you're missing and he goes, he goes she's across the club you don't know <laughs> He's like, why would you leave me alone? <laughs> you don't know what the fuck you're missing. He's like, all night. <laughs> and that's totally what that made me think of. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's so funny. The different stories that get triggered in our head when that's, we talk about dumb shit like this. That's me sitting on the corner. You don't know. <laughs> I think I'm walking by. I'm a bad bitch. You just don't know. <laughs> it's horrible. I, feel, I think... I think we've all been shit breath once, once and we've lives. all been that girl. Yeah, yes, we have been that girl <laughs> all, been all that my girl. life. I I am still that girl. <laughs> oh no, I know because I do that to my husband every time he passes by. He's like, you don't know what you're missing. <laughs> you don't know all of this. <laughs> and he's like, baby, come down, come down. <laughs> that's, that's such a thing. It you is know, such a thing. You don't know. He's <laughs> like, yeah. I got a job. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Like, I live. Paycheck to paycheck, but I still get a paycheck though. I still get a paycheck. Oh my gosh, yes. Oh my god. How sad. Um I'm sorry, continue, please. <laughs> well, you know, in, in my imagination is that um he has to like there has to be separations because I am not again drops of reality. Mm-hmm. I am not the type to if like to just quickly forgive. It just uh, that's not me. Mm-hmm. Um because I won't, um, I'm not good at faking forgiveness. Mm-hmm. I'll genuinely forgive you, but I'll need time away from you. Yeah. And that's, that's what I need, right? To like, to like figure my stuff out. Yeah. Um, so he has to leave the country so <laughs> for a certain amount of time that I do not know. Right. And so, you know, the song leaving on a jet plane. Oh, yes. Um, um, is that the Carpenters? Um, no. I believe the no, the Carpenters has the other song, the On Top of the World, On Top of the World, Monday. I love the Carpenters. No, I'm but... um, yeah, I'm leaving on a jet plane, and I don't know when I'll be. Yep. Yeah, so I know that song. It's I can't like, how the melody goes out. It goes um, Sing it for me. Come on. All my bags are packed. I'm ready to go. I'm standing here outside your door. I hate to wake you up to say goodbye. But the dawn is breaking. It's early morn. The taxi's waiting. He's blowing his horn. Already I'm so lonesome. I could die. Now yeah. Yeah. So obviously he has to be like dying, right? Because <laughs> I'm such a fucking guy. You don't know what the fuck you're missing. You want this laptop, dog? <laughs> laptop, dog. I hate myself. I hate myself. Um. So, <laughs> so he's he's going back to Morocco, right? Because obviously part of this illusion, right, is based on the fact that I always, for the past seven years, every day have always asked my husband. Do you love me? Every two seconds. And he's like, yes. <laughs> and then I would go, what do you love about me? And his lazy ass would be like, everything. 
And I was like, I was like, really? That's a man's answer right there. I know. Everything. It's not just a man's answer. It's a lazy ass answer. Just say it like, just everything. <laughs> Leave it there. And I was like, do you like the way I spend money? And he's like, no. And I'm like, then that's not everything. Oh, no. <laughs> so, like, um, and then part of it is, like, asking him. I always ask him random questions. Like, hey, what would you do if you get divorced? And then he'd be like, I don't know. And I'd be like, would you get married again? He's like, oh, no. I don't think so. <laughs> I do this shit again. <laughs> He's like, if I can't work it out with you, I'm not going to work it out with anybody. Which I think is sweet, right? That is sweet. And so what are you going to do? Because <laughs> I'm an asshole. And he's like, I don't know, probably go back to Morocco, go back to my family. And I was like, really? So are you coming back? And he's like, I don't know. And, and then, you know, and then like, I'll just, again, ask him questions like, what would you do if I was pregnant? <laughs> oh, no. He is obviously such a, like, much nicer person than I am. <laughs> Three questions in, you'd be like, what are you going to do? I would be like, hookers and blow. <laughs> <laughs> um, the Keon, <laughs> literally 10 minutes ago you were just talking about how you needed to keep it clean and now you're talking about hookers and blow exactly after that. you talked about an alabama lap dance that's what so. my response would be i'd be like hookers and blow that's what i'm gonna do okay <laughs> if you die I'm, I'm oh do. i've asked him that too i was like what would you do if i died <laughs> he's like baby please stop asking all these questions shack. what is wrong with you the reality, reality he's gonna shack up <laughs> shack up with someone else it's fine and i was like can you at least wait two years before you get married and then i was like you know what never mind just go ahead and do your thing but i'll wait for you in heaven you know <laughs> wait for you in heaven uh, him and his two other wives i know right i was like nah bitch i was here first get the fuck out <laughs> like you gotta wait till like double die and then you can have him like those are the types of things I think about like when I think about heaven like what happens if you marry multiple people and like one dies you get remarried and another was like I'm waiting for you and you show up with this other chick and she's like who was this no 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 that that girl gotta wait till you double die oh no you gotta wait you know cause you were there first that's horrible you double die that's how it goes like I swear to god like you know if you lose a pen and somebody finds the pen and then like <laughs> All right. Anyway, anyway, <laughs> that's what I. That's what I. So yeah, um, I asked him all these questions. So apparently, um, he did. He does tell me that if we ever break up, he's gonna go back to Morocco. So that's why he's leaving on a jet plane, and I don't know when he'll be back. Right. So then I go buck wild, right? Because you know, because I'm like, I'm gonna be like, nah, fuck him, you know, whatever, right? Because that's gonna be my life. Um, so I'm gonna go with like, I'm out. You know, with Sierra and Nicki Minaj. Okay. Right? Oh, no. Baby, it's your song, so as soon as they come on. You know, oh, no. Whatever. Anthony with Nicki. That's yeah. And then, you know, um, shook me all night long with ACDC Ooh, kind of stuff. Okay, now you're right? talking. Now you're really talking. So, and then um, a few years later, right? Mm-hmm. Or more, it depends on how I feel. Probably like five years or something. He'll come back to the U.S., Right. Okay. And I won't know. I'll just like randomly, I don't know, maybe a friend of a friend or whatever sees him or whatever. Some Arabic place. I don't know. Um, <laughs> so um, I'll see him. And then, you know, that, that phase of, no, nah, I'm a bad bitch. I can do whatever the fuck I want now because I'm free. Woo. You know, that will end. Yeah. Um, and then when I see him, do you know the song uh, Almost Over You? Um, mm-hmm. he goes, 
I heard you're taking the town again Having a good time With all your good time friends I don't think you think of me That one? I don't know that one. Who's uh, that by? By Sheena Easton. <gasps> oh, I love Sheena Easton too. So, That's old school. Yeah, so it's like Now I'm almost over you yeah All right. that so that's kind of like where you <clears throat> you where i have a final understanding that i'm actually still not over him yeah right because a lot of times like you know people talk about like the different um the over sexualization of this generation in the past generation like the millennials mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and like how we fuck our feelings out mm-hmm. um but that's because we were never really taught how to heal positively, right? Yeah. We know how to numb our bodies. We know how to numb our minds and our hearts. So we'll do things like we'll do drugs or we'll drink or we'll smoke and we'll, you know, we'll fuck and we'll do all these things, right? Because we want to numb out um this this emotion this feeling of like this whole right um mm-hmm. i'm actually like tearing up thinking about like oh you know we're actually gonna so in, in my in my car i do cry because you know mm-hmm. this emotion is really real and you can cry so, here you are totally fine i am already crying and here you're so totally safe here. um so this is the point where i'm just like oh my god like i'm so not over him because i love him so much and I can't believe he broke it because he cheated on me. And like, why? You know, and then a lot of it would be like, was I not enough? Was my trauma too much? Was I not? Was I not present? Was I not giving? This is how real this fucking playlist is to me, which is so stupid. No, um, so, so that's kind of like where that is, right? And then he tries to, he kind of comes back, right? And he starts talking to me again and he's like do you know uh so we're friends at this point right yeah. we're we're not friends we're just well after the um, almost over you the song then comes with gloria gainer the i will survive kind yeah. of thing right where it's like at first i was afraid i was mm-hmm. petrified mm-hmm. kept thinking i could never live without you by my side so so that's the kind of where I am. So then I start dating again, like, you know, yeah. not seriously dating, but still kind of numbing myself. And then um, eventually we make contact, right? Uh, maybe a few months after he comes or whatever, like after I find out he's been here in the U.S. for a while. And then um, he starts seeing that I'm with, like, I'm dating. Yeah. So then his song becomes... Um, you said you were leaving. Someone took your heart away. I had to go and get it straight from you. That one. I dig that. Do you know the song? No. Um, and it's like, so tell me all about it. Tell me about the plans you're making. Oh. <laughs> tell me one thing more before I go. Tell me how am I supposed to live without you? That one. 
Okay. Michael All Bolton. Right. Okay. <laughs> right. Yo, that's old, old school. All right. It's mad old that's school. Mad I know. Old school. So, so that's kind of like you know, it's 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 not actually from someone who is being left behind. Yeah. It's actually <clears throat> coming from a perspective of somebody who was a friend yeah. to someone, and then watching that friend be with someone else and leaving, right? Because mm-hmm. there's a part of the song where he's like, you know. You know, I didn't come here to break down. It's just a dream of mine is coming to an end. You know, it's just, a, you know, it's like that kind of song. So then, you know, as I am still like out there dating some random people and um, this happens, then my song becomes It's Sad to Belong. Do you know about England, Dan? And John uh, something? I don't know that. I don't John know. Ford? Um, it goes, um, oh, it's sad to belong to someone else when the right one comes along. Oh, it's sad to belong to someone else. That one? How true is that line, right? Yeah. So I live my life in a dream world. And, you know, some shit like that. Oh. I'm, I'm not even sure if the, all of these lyrics that I'm singing are right, so y'all can just go ahead and listen to the playlist because, you know, I'm probably messing it up. But, <laughs> so that's kind of where it is, right? Yes. Um, so then um, he goes and he's like, everything I do, I do it for you by Brian Adams. Know that one. Right? Of yeah. course, everybody knows that. Stewie sang that song on Family Guy. Come on now. <laughs> um, everything I do. Yeah. Right? I do it for you. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, then I kind of slowly start coming back to him. So then it's like, uh, that song, uh, Still the One by Shania Twain. Oh, yeah. You're still the one I love, Mm -hmm. too. The only one I There's a tune I haven't heard forever. Oh, wow. Yes. So then. Um, this is one of my all-time favorite karaoke songs. Of course, this is part of it has to be part of the fantasy, which is we start talking about coming back together, mm-hmm. right? So then my Canadian friend Celine Dion comes in and she's like, "It's all coming back to me now, right?" Mm-hmm. Where um, where is it? What is it called? Um, there were nights when the wind was so cold. Mm-hmm. Let my body frozen bed if I just listen to it right outside the window. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. There were days when the sun was so cruel <laughs> that my tears turned to dust and I just knew my eyes were drying up forever. Right? <laughs> yeah. so. So um, that's the song where it's like, you, you thought you forgot, but, but just like embracing him or just like the touch of him kind of reminds you that not too long ago there was a whole life, yeah. there was a whole dream, there was a whole plan, and it kind of brings you back to that flashback where it's like it's all coming back to me, you yeah. know. So then. <clears throat> I think that's where we finally kind of reconcile, right? And we try our hardest 
to make each other feel our love. Mm-hmm. And this actually was originally Willie Nelson's song. Oh, okay. Um, I believe it was Willie Nelson or Bob Dylan, whichever one. Yeah. I get I get them mixed up. <laughs> but it's the Make You Feel My Love. Have you ever heard that song? I don't think so. You don't think so? Uh-uh. I don't think that's um When the rain is blowing in your face when the whole world is on your case uh, um <laughs> i forgot the i could hold you for a million years to make you feel my love and it's like um when the evening shadows and the stars appear and there is no one there to dry your tears. I could hold you for a million years to make you feel my love. It's like, you know, and it's mm. like, it's really about like how sometimes even in a relationship you can feel really alone. Mm. Um and we have a lot in our society, like we have a lot of like toxic masculinity. Oh, absolutely. Where we expect our masculine men to be, to deal with emotional baggages alone. Mm-hmm. Um, and so in this case, it's really about like, like being okay to be soft with, with one another. Mm-hmm. Because... As women, we also tend to feel that we need to harden ourselves just to survive yeah. because we don't want to be accused of being soft. Yeah. And so, at least this is for my case, right? I'm not talking about everybody else, but for my case, like, I think that part of the relationship has to be that you're both like, we are each other's rocks, but we are also each other's water. Okay. Right? Like, we feel each other's thirst, but we will also flow together. Yeah. Right. Um, <clears throat> and I think that that's what that song really means to us. Yeah. Um, and then we finally end the playlist with uh, Grow Old With You, with Adam Sandler. Because why not end it with a comedian? Because this whole thing is a fucking joke. So... <laughs> <laughs> For those of you who've ever heard The Wedding Singer, the, the, the movie. I want to make you smile whenever you're sad. Carry you around when your arthritis is bad. Oh, all I want to do is grow old with you. That one. Yeah. And there's a Filipino version, actually. Oh, cool. By Tony Gananza. Um, so I don't know if anybody ever want to hear that asian version of the song but it's basically the same thing except like it's like asian shit where it's like um you know i'll still love you even if you lose all your teeth (laughs) you uh, for me you'll always be the cutest daddy around you know (laughs) so he goes like (laughs) i'm not not very good with this but mama halin parin kita uh, something because <laughs> I have to start from the beginning because I can't just like do excerpts. Um, oh, yeah. Where it's like you know, Mama halin parin kita kahit bungi bungi kena para sa akin ikaw ang pinakapoging papa. Oh, you know, 
And it's like, oh, oh, how happy is it to think about growing old with you? Oh, for sure. Yeah. So it's like, you know, so that's kind of like how it ends. So that's how like my marriage unfolds. And then I pull up, I park, and then I go see my husband. But <laughs> that's the playlist. I, I, I thank you so much for sharing. That's amazing. <laughs> and what is his thoughts on that? He thinks I'm crazy. Okay. Um, <laughs> no, but he's just like, I, I told him before, and he was just like, why do you always have to think about breaking up with me? Or some shit like that. Like, yeah. And I'm just like, because I need some drama in my life, damn it. Like, <laughs> Fair enough. Yeah, but I mean, you can tell, right? Like, I was talking about this playlist. I, I'm, I'm like emotional about it because part of it is like the, okay, when you were really young, yeah. right? Before you go to sleep at night, sometimes you try to think of the saddest fucking thing you can think of just to cry, right? Just because just cause life is. And so you think about killing your parents. Like, not you killing your parents, but, yeah. like, your your parents are dead and they're, yeah. like, fucking burying them and you're, like, crying because you're like, oh, my God, my parents are dead. I'm so young. I'm going to be alone. You know, and you start crying, right? And it feels good because that sadistic side of us is just like, I'm alone and nobody loves me. Yeah. I'm going to cry my eyes out. So, this is my version, the adult version. Okay, all right. (laughs) So, in my adult version, I destroy my marriage. And my marriage is something I work really hard on. I mean, that shit is like 24-7. Of course. You know? Yeah. Um, I have a fear of not being present. Um, I lost my brother when I was in middle school. Mm -hmm. Uh, One of my brothers. And uh, Kuyagala was, was the oldest. And in Asian culture, the oldest always takes care of the parents he's always the good one he's the responsible one and for some reason i felt loved by him all the time Mm -hmm. and because i was the baby at the time too and when we when i when we lost my brother i was uh that's when i was diagnosed with depression and and i kept thinking like of all the shit that we went through of all the beatings all the hunger all the poverty the homelessness the 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 hurt and the pain that we went through i never thought we'd lose one of our soldiers i was telling my therapist about my childhood about this one particular incident where my dad chased one of my brothers with a machete it was just normal because he wouldn't kneel usually our punishment is like kneeling on salt like sea salt for like good like six eight hours straight and um you know and then i found out that those were like torture tactics my dad was in the military yeah um (laughs) thank you thank you thank you military um so that was kind of yeah i mean i I was telling my my therapist about this and she was like so how would you describe your childhood and it was like this pause and i was like happy and this white woman, I swear to God, she got whiter. She was like, what? <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> like, what do you mean, what? What, what? <laughs> and she was like, well, you just finished telling me about how your dad chased your brother with a machete and then how you had to chase after them because your brother forgot his slippers. And I was like, yeah? yeah. <laughs> it's like a Tuesday, so? Like, and then she was like, well, how did you, how, she's like, how is that happy? Right? Yeah. And I was like, well, Listen, it was happy because 
it was heavy because I, I had my family. I had my brothers and my sisters. I had my mom. Like, it was like fighting a war and we knew one enemy and we were that kind of stuff. Like, that's your bond. That's like some soldier shit. That's like some war shit. Like, that is some family shit. Like, that's who we are. Like, that's that's our blood, you know? And it's like, it felt so good being loved and belonging in that family. And that when I moved here to the U.S., and I became more associated with the American culture. I felt isolated. Mm-hmm. Um, the, culture cho- the culture shock was just amazing with my family. It was just insane. So, yeah, I mean, I think that it was just kind of like that. It was just like, uh, it was happy. And then when we lost my brother, it was like, oh, shit, we're human. Yeah. And we can lose each other. Yeah. So I've never, ever since that day, I've never left anyone without saying I love you. I've never, I'm sure my husband's tired of hearing this, like, before I leave. And, like, I asked him for a kiss, and he's like, he's like, it's okay, you know, like, I'll see you later. And I was like, well, what if I die? What if you never see me again? And he's like, don't say that. And I'm like, and he's like, so, he's like, (laughs) he's so funny because he's so fucking rational. And it's just like, shut the fuck up with your rationality, boy. Like, (laughs) and he's like, he's like, just because I kissed you, it doesn't mean it's okay for you to die. And when he, the first time he said that to me, I was like, okay, like I don't understand. Yeah. What do you mean? Like, but aren't you going to, like in my head, it was more like, well, aren't you going to be happy you at least gave me one last kiss? Mm-hmm. That's how I see it. Yeah. And the way he sees it is that it doesn't matter how many times I kiss you, I want you alive. Mm-hmm. For the people who are depressed, that's not even an option because in our head, we're dead. So the playlist is really about that. It's about, Letting my perverted, like, need to destroy something because I feel like I don't deserve good things because I come from that. And in in order for me to keep my happy marriage, I have to fuck it up somehow. (laughs) Hmm. That's interesting. It's fucked up. That's what that is. (laughs) It's honest. I'm sure a lot of people can relate to that who would never say it you know they would never mm. be willing to admit those things but could 100 percent relate like <laughs> i i could i could think of people in my head who i'm like i could relate to that yeah would never say it yeah but i bet you that's like a, a train of thought that they may not even realize you know yeah yeah i could see that so beside it's interesting because in addition to everything we've talked about um how long have you lived in chicago i came here on february 3rd 2000 okay so 19 years oh yeah yeah close to 20 close to 20 yeah so you do a lot of work in chicago with youth various social issues and such Mm -hmm. and so on top of everything that you are just as a person you also do amazing work in the city too I'm all right. Don't make that. No, you're amazing. <laughs> no, you do like amazing. And it, um, I'll never forget. We ran into each other in Springfield. <laughs> and you, you were like, 
Come on. <laughs> I can't remember who you were looking for. You're like, we'll go the back way. We'll catch him when he comes off the floor. I'm like, I don't think we're supposed to be back here because everyone's staring at us. They're little. I'm like, are these people back here drinking cocktails? <laughs> they all hold like these little glasses. I'm like, what the hell are we doing? About? And you're just like, ah, I'm going to get this dude. And you, and then you like, you know, you were like, it was just amazing. And I was like, this chick is off the chain. <laughs> And I love it. Off the chain crazy, yeah. Off the um, chain. But let me tell you why I'm like that. Okay. Because there is an actual reason. Okay, maybe like not the pinpointed reason, but okay. I'm pretty sure this is where it started. Okay. So in my country, there's no such thing as public parks. Okay. In Philippines. There's no there's no public parks. That was an f- amazing thing that I found out about America, like Chicago. Mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, there's parks here. In my country, you have to pay to you know it's it's inside grocery stores mm-hmm. so you have to be able to buy something and because we were really poor we couldn't really afford that yeah. and i wasn't the youngest but i was like around seven or six but my older brothers and sisters were old enough to have a conscience of being shy and my little sister was too little she couldn't really talk and so they were like you know paula which is like my filipino name they're like paula go ask them for their receipts so we can go play inside. So at a young age, I learned how to do that. I learned how to talk to complete strangers to get what I want. And then when my one of my nephews was born, the oldest one, we didn't have any money. So we I would have to open a tab mm-hmm. at a local corner store and because then he would cry like at night and he's hungry and there's no milk. So I, I would have to... Like, I would have to convince this store to give me milk for free for my nephew. And so um, at a really early age, I learned how to hustle. And that's why I do stuff like that as an adult in Springfield without shame, because I've been doing it all my life to, like, try to figure out what I want and try to get it. You're good at it. Well, a lot of training. <laughs> I was gonna say you're super good at it. Like and it's different. and like it struck me as interesting because you're just in that in that application, your approach is so different, I think, from everyone else's. Then I think that makes it super effective. Because you're just like like, you know, we're all like like everyone else, you know, especially in my old job, yeah. you know, I would go down to Springfield, you know, and you're knocking on doors and you're trying to like butter up the secretaries and you're just like, fuck, I'm gonna catch this dude. <laughs> like, just like, I'm like, no shame. Like, like, like none. And then when you catch him, you're like, you just giving him the business. And he's like, fuck. <laughs> you can just tell him like, fuck, how did I get into this? <laughs> Being a dirt bag. That's how you got into this, you know? And it's amazing because most people, like most of my friends have never been to Springfield. They don't know the shenanigans oh, that goes on down there. Oh, Lord. The only time I ever think about running for public office is when I'm in Springfield. And I'm like, these, half these motherfuckers don't deserve their jobs. Like, I would, I actually went down. I never, actually, my, bo- my boss at the time wanted me to speak to my representative mm. and then there was a couple other representatives yeah like they were like well she was like well you know um this one's a veteran you know and yeah. you can offer a veteran's perspective this one's a teacher mm. you can offer a teacher yeah, yeah, yeah. and then here's yours man i chase my representative and i go name names i chase my representative all day long and i just remember being like i just want to just walk up and be like you know what 
I'm gonna run against you and I'm gonna kick your fucking ass. Oh my god, Dion! <laughs> all I wanted to really say. Oh my god! I, I just wanted to be like, I'm gonna run against you and kick your ass. You are so, so scandalous. I was so, I was oh my so god. amazingly angry the whole day. Oh my god! Like, okay, a perfect example. Do you know? You know, on the first floor, yeah. the, the woman's bathroom. Yeah. How thin that hallway is. Yeah. I'm standing there. She's in the bathroom. When she comes out, she tries to slide by me. Like, I mean, you can literally not. (laughs) Can you not? I'm like fucking as big as the door. Stop it. The hallway race. My shoulders probably hit the wall. I'm like, how are you going to try to slide by you like you don't see? I was so angry. I was so done. I was like, I just wanted to put my finger right in her nose and be like, you are never going to keep this job. Because <laughs> I'm going to fuck your world. Just all of it. I was so bad. So funny. And you know, I, I get that, though. I get that. People don't know. I encourage people to go down there. I'm like, just go down there. You don't have no, you don't have to have business. Just go down there and see it. And you'll be like, why is this the way it is? <laughs> that's the thing, right? Like, so that's the frustrating part about working in politics. Because a lot of it is, out of your control so much and and you know for a lot of times for the legislators it's out of their control too and it's like so who's in charge like who the hell is calling the shots and isn't that the most amazing part a lot of them right there they're like what what am i supposed to do right what are you supposed to do but the reality is they can't do anything they're like "Eh." and it's like you know and it's uh so a lot of people think that racism is like a bunch of just like white people just go being racist Right? I mean, I'm not going to deny that that happens, yeah. but racism is really that it's it's in the system. It's in, it's oh, it's indebted it's, yeah. in the things that we live by every day. That's what that is. Yeah. Like, and this is coming from somebody who didn't even know what the fuck racism was until I came in this goddamn country. What you mean? Yeah. Like we had colorism over there. Yeah. You know, we got people bleaching their skin and stuff just to get lighter or whatever, but we were all Filipino. Like I come over here and it's like, Hey, you're Asian. And I'm like, what the fuck is an Asian? Yeah. Because I didn't even know I was part of Asia. I right. did not know. Right, I was, right. I'm not really good at geography. Um, <laughs> so I didn't know that. And yeah. I was just like, this is insane. Yeah. And and it's 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 incredibly sad because I get to work with these this this just this beautiful young people and mm-hmm. and they are they are without fault, just just power. Yeah. And and it's so heartbreaking to see them sometimes get swallowed up by systems. Oh, yeah. And oh, and to to be so powerless, to be so hopeless. Yeah. And um it's so funny. I had uh, <laughs> I had um one of my colleagues, not from my organization, one of my colleagues um is white. <laughs> I love this white boy. He's really funny. Um <laughs> And he was just feeling real sad, you know what I'm saying? Like, real sad about one of the situations that we were in. And he was just like, he felt utterly powerless, right? Mm-hmm. And he was just like, there, just kind of just talking about how how shitty he feels. And then I, <laughs> I shit you not, after he was done talking, I was like, hey, um, you know that thing you're just feeling? And he's like, yeah. And I'm like, that's how people of color feel like every day. Every day. And he's like, huh? And I'm just like, I mean, he he understood. Yeah. And I was just like, yeah, bro. Like, 
you just feel salty because this is the first time you had to feel powerless. Yeah. I said that to a lot of people during the election. <laughs> yeah. A lot of people during the election. Like the make America great again crowd. Yeah. I, I have a friend and is uh we had this conversation and he, he was a you know, a MAGA dude. Oh, I'm like, geez. you know, that's basically like you know, I'm like it's it's just racist at its very core. Yeah. You know? Yeah. He did he was like, No, it's not, whatever. I said, Look, look, let's be let's be real. I get it. I said, once upon a time, like he grew up lower income, you know, right outside the city white. I'm like, once upon a time, even with the disadvantages you faced growing up, Mm -hmm. you always were going to score a good looking girl. You were always going to be able to score a reasonable job. You know, like the things will always kind of swing in your favor. I'm like, now the girls you used to date, they're fucking some dude named Jamal. Like, the jobs you used to get, like, some dude named Jose is doing them better, right? And, you know, and he's getting well, chomped on the maybe on the money. your friend is just a shitty human being. And, and right, in reality, you know, I'm like, all of these things, like, now you're starting to feel how tons of other people have felt for millennia, right? Mm-hmm. Things are not swinging your way anymore. And it's like mm-hmm. a crappy feeling. Yeah. And now you're like, make America great again, right? So that the white you know the white boys who who basically have slid by on charm alone. Yeah, yeah. Be out, like get the fuck out of here! Dude. Like and he was so pissed. Oh my god, Dion! <laughs> so pissed. I'm like, I get it, I get it, I get it. Like I'm black, I know. <laughs> I know. But it's just it's amazing. Now you're not on top anymore. You gotta live with it. Like, like sorry. I mean. But, you know, for somebody who's quote-unquote not on top anymore, they sure as fuck still on top. Fuck you mean? And they're still, yeah. Right, like, get your ass down. Like, you went down one notch. Chill the (laughs) fuck down, okay? Like, and then I had this one Uber driver once where he was like, now they're giving all, like, he was this decent young black dude, you know, from from the south suburbs. (laughs) South suburbs, what the fuck? That's not even real. But, (laughs) you know, whatever. He's from there, whatever, whatever. And I really loved his flow because he was talking about black liberation and like it was it was beautiful. I was like, damn, that's so good to be to be randomly meeting this person who's part of our movement. Right. And it's so good. Then this motherfucker says something like, but now they're giving all the rights to the gay people. Yo! (laughs) First of all, first of all, (laughs) so. Do not talk about my gay people like that, okay? <laughs> I was like, Whoa. I legit, I was like, I had to like swallow my words. I was like, mm. I was like, I don't know. I couldn't hold it in, but I was like, yo, like, you can't be over here fighting for black liberation and you're not fighting for gay liberation. What the fuck? Like, like, well, I'm weird because I am a pansexual Muslim, right? Uh, I, I'm, a con- I'm a convert, yeah. And... You know, and I told my mom once I was pansexual, but I don't think she really understood what that meant. But we'll, we'll let that go. Again, pick your battles. Um, pick your battles. So I was like, "Cool, mom." And she's and it was so cute. Her response was, "Oh, what is pansexual?" And I was like, "Oh, it just means like I I fall in love with the person, mom. That's what it means." Yeah. And then she goes, "Oh, that just means you're very compassionate." Okay. <laughs> I was like, drop the shit, drop the shit, drop the shit. I mean, it ended positively. I was like, yes, mother. Just leave it, right? I was like, yeah, love everybody. You know, one of my biggest fears is that if my, if, again, here we go, destroying my marriage. 
if I ever got divorced, right? Yeah. And I happen to like fall in love with a trans person or a woman or anybody, right? Who's not a straight male, yeah. right? My my, it's not a fear. It's more of an irritation. Is thinking that they think I turned quote unquote gay because my marriage didn't work. It's the same irritation I feel when people think I converted to Islam for my husband. Where I'm just like, bitch, do you have any idea how long it took me to figure out that I wanted to be Muslim before I met my husband? Five years of my spiritual journey went into that. My husband didn't touch shit in my, you know, like he was never part of my journey to Islam. He was there when I converted because he was invited. But my husband never once, like I always talk, you know, I I have this belief, right? Mm -hmm. Because I grew up watching my dad bring women home or, you know, do shit like, do shit that I swear to God, my husband never did anything like that. Even in the vicinity of those actions, I will kick his ass so fucking fast. No idea. But my dad, (laughs) shit, the balls on this man, I, I watched for 25 years, this man destroy my mother's spirit. And he, He's the kind of guy that if he looks at me, I know he can kill me. Mm-hmm. And and that fear, right? And that confusion, because you're like, I think he loves me though. Mm-hmm. So like, so with all that shit aside, I was one of those kids that learned what I didn't want to be, but I never saw what I would want to be. Yeah. And... So I'm in community organizing mm-hmm. and in the community organizing that I felt, I learned how to love positively. I learned how to nurture a relationship. I learned how to, to love in a healthy way. I learned how to communicate in a healthy way. I learned how to foster relationships. I knew how to sustain them. I also knew when to not sustain relationships. Mm -hmm. So these were like boundaries and things like I learned from organizing. And I'm really, really grateful for it because I swear to God, without it, I probably would have been a serial killer. I'd be dead. Mm. I'm probably both. So when I started dating my husband, I always had five, I think like six things that we had to talk about before we can even get there. And because I was on the fast track track to like getting married, because we met in April and we got married in November, I had to ask my husband these six categories. And they were, what are your thoughts about money? Because money is really important, mm-hmm. right? Number one reason for divorce. What are your thoughts on children? Do you want to have any? Do you not want to have any? What are your thoughts in religion? Do you want me to convert? Do you not want to convert? And his answer was always, if Islam is not in your heart, then why are you converting? Absolutely. And I was like, fucking perfect. Absolutely. We had to talk about sex. Because mm-hmm. married people sometimes don't talk about that, and that's really messed up, because it's mm. kind of like what you do. Yes, it is. Um, and then we had to talk about um, respect and trust, you know? Yeah, That absolutely. kind of stuff. And then the last thing we had to talk about was power dynamics. Yeah. 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 I was like, so what's going on with the power dynamics? <laughs> like, what what are you in charge of? What am I, you know, what am I in charge of? Like, what are the things that we're good at, you know? 
Um, so these were just things, um, part of it too. Like we had to talk about politics. Like what are your, what are your things, right? Like what do you believe in? What do I believe in? Like, so these were like topics that, you know, we were talking about for a long time and we still talk about them. Um, but yeah, these were, these were just the things that I had to make sure because if I was married, I didn't want to fuck it up. And, and the thing too is like, I put so much thought and love into my spirituality. Don't go giving the credit to just to this, this man that you don't even know mm-hmm. that you're giving him the credit just because he has a role in my life. Mm-hmm. You know? Um, and I love him. I do. I think, but <laughs> no, I do. And I care about him and he is amazing. I've never met anyone who listens so well. And sometimes I want to just, smack him too because he doesn't listen so well sometimes but <laughs> most of the time like if i say something that is really important to me he shows a lot of respect by listening to me and for me me having to repeat myself is really disrespectful and um and he's very you know he tries really hard and this bullshit thing about like i don't know about other cultures but asians we were so fucking raised to be housewives we were mm. so raised to be saved by the man like that's what we were raised to do we were raised to like to wait for someone to save us and um at least my experience but <laughs> but when i met him i um and I never thought that I would have a relationship that was healthy. And when when I was taught that love is black and white, that love is like, if he cheats, leave. If he does this, leave. If he does this, leave. Like, I put up so much red flags of different actions. Like, if he hits you once, leave. If he curses that you leave if he does this leave like i'm i was trying so hard to for someone who didn't love themselves because i i didn't for a very long time i'm okay with me right now you know i'm to be completely honest and i um as a seven-year-old i always told myself i'm never gonna be in a bad marriage i'm gonna divorce them if they hit me I will take all my kids and I will leave. I will do this instead and I will do this. And I was telling my therapist not so long ago that I did all this when I was seven. I didn't know that the love seven-year-old me built for me would sustain me for the next 15 years when I hated myself completely. And I rely on that seven-year-old self-love since I was like 16 when I lost it. It sustained me enough until I was 25 when I found it again. Mm. And it's continuing to stay with me as I build it. So it's just, it's it's crazy, the, the things you do to try to survive. Mm. But that's really where all this comes from. It's like the playlist, the, the love for myself, the love for my husband, the hate for myself, the hate for everyone. Like all of that shit comes from, yeah, from mm. that. This podcast was made for people like you because in this city you are so dynamic and amazing and it's one of those things it's a travesty that the city doesn't know about you 
you know, do you, do you know what I mean? Like, like I see a lot of people that the city talks about and knows about, mm-hmm. but you're definitely one of the people I'm like, fuck, the city should know about her. <laughs> and they don't know how lucky they are to have you. Just you like know. Woodlawn with you, Dion. And, you know, <laughs> and the youth of this city that get to work with you are so lucky to have you. They think the world of you. Everyone who works with you thinks the world of you. I don't know about all that. Myself <laughs> included. And you are amazing. And it's no, it's just great. And I'm and I started this to to have these conversations with amazing people. And you are so perfectly in that bubble. Thank you. And I just want to tell you that. Because you are amazing. And I appreciate you immensely. This is really awkward. I don't know what to say. It is awkward. I know we're sitting in my apartment and I'm confessing my love for you. While we just finished talking about your husband. That's, well, that's, technically, that, I left him. That so is. I don't know what you're talking about. That is, <laughs> that is awkward. Um, no, but you're amazing. And I, I'm just glad I've met you. And me too. Me too. I hope every like I hope so many people hear this. <laughs> By all five of my listeners, I hope they all tell five one and a half. Fuck you, me. I hope they all tell one person so it's up to ten, and they all can like talk about you. No, but no, this has been great. Is there anything else you want to talk about? Um, it comes to my, I mean, if there's anything else, I don't know. Do you have any curiosities? I am an open book. Um, at the moment, no. I'm sure as soon as I like stop recording, I'm like think of fifty things. Like, yes, <laughs> that's how it always is. I'm, I'm like, I know. Even now, like I listen to old episodes. I'm like, shit. <laughs> so I do want to say that if I ever get divorced, um, during my ACDC Sierra Nicki Minaj phase, <laughs> yeah. I, I will be back in this podcast and I will be right there with Dion on Tinder. Please swipe right. And if it is your second round, you missed out on the first one. So again, please swipe right. Like, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> but eventually I will leave you because apparently I go back to my husband, just so you know. Fair enough. <laughs> Got to take the good with the bad. Yeah, exactly. Know your limits. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, so, and also for, for anyone who's listening, I'm going to take as many of those songs as, as are available on Spotify and make a playlist <laughs> so you can listen to them. I'm going to go listen because there's a bunch of me that I haven't heard in years. <laughs> it all and so yeah so we'll have that as well and you can cry to them and you can cry to them laugh to them whatever you want to do yeah i know there's scenarios too where we have kids and you know there's songs about that but you know this this one thing is good enough i'm we'll, just we'll start saying. here we'll okay. start here we'll start here because you know there's there's a lot of things that need you know like after all the shit i've been through you gotta have more things to cry about absolutely <laughs> You are the best. <laughs> You're the best, Dan. Thank, thank you. you for for coming. Thank you. Thank All you. right. And that is going to be, yeah, it's going to be a wrap. That's good. You liked it? That's yeah. Good. I had some, how'd you like it? It was really good. It was, was fun. Okay? It was really fun. Oh, yeah. Good. It was really good. Good. I'm, let me see. I'm just... All right. And that was my conversation with Maria. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you to Maria for being so open and so honest and for being a guest on my humble little podcast. And thank you to all of you for listening. It never escapes me that as a podcaster, I actually ask people for two of their most precious commodities, one being time and the second occasionally being money. And I'm always so thankful 
that people are willing to share those two things with me uh, when they're able and it's just great so thank you so while i'm offering thank yous i got a couple more to, to give out so if you didn't listen to episode 16 i encourage you to go back and listen to it i basically just took some uh time to kind of go over all the ways that you can support podcasts like mine or podcasts that you you know enjoy So one of the ways that you can support the podcast is by buying me a coffee. So if you ask any of the guests, they will freely tell you that this operation is ran on a straight funnel of caffeine. But also the buy me a coffee website, buymeacoffee.com is an opportunity for, you know, people like yourself to support uh, creators. It, It has podcasters. It has people who make documentaries on it. It has tons of different types of people. So it's just a way that you can kind of support quick and easy. You can do a single, uh, donation. You can do, uh, monthly donations, whatever have you. And they're basically done in like $3 increments. So I'll have some thank yous because I, I introduced my buy me a coffee two weeks ago. And in that two weeks time, I've actually had a couple of people buy me coffee and I want to give some shout outs and say some thank yous. So the first one goes to Erin. Erin um, is my favorite L.A. girl. She's also a podcaster. She's the host of the You're Such a Catch podcast, which is this amazing um, show about dating and her adventures in that and has tons of great conversation. She's actually in the process of doing a woman empowerment series and I'm not a woman, but I've actually listened to it and I've, you know, gained tons of great information from it and insight. And I encourage you to go check it out. But Aaron, uh, actually bought me a couple of cups of coffee. I'm not going to say how many, I want to put her business on the street. Uh, but you know, it, it, I think above just being supported, by the general public there's something super special by being supported by you know people who are doing the exact same thing you're doing and me and Aaron have become friends through podcasting this is how we met I didn't know of her or know her before you know I started my own podcast and we actually started our podcast about the same time and we've become you know friends and she is a great support system and a great sounding board and it's amazing to be able to talk to someone who kind of understands what this is all about um, from this side of the microphone and so she is great and the fact that she was kind of willing to support me in this way too just meant so much to me so thank you Aaron I I, um, appreciate you very much so another person I want to thank uh, is Anne So Anne is actually a young lady that I went to high school with, and she's this amazing percussionist. We've remained friends over the years. Um, She's just great and delightful. And she actually bought me a couple cups of coffee, and I was just so enthused. And I was like, oh, this is so great. Thank you so much. Also, Anne happens to be the drummer of this great band in the St. Louis area called The Fade. I recently actually listened to her on a radio show up there and I would totally encourage you to go check out The Fade. I use Spotify, so I know they're on there, but I'm sure they're on whatever your favorite music streaming service is and go check them out. You know, she's a supporter of the pods. I will totally endorse going and supporting her her work. Also, when it comes to musicians and music, 
I'm a big music streaming person, but when I find someone that I really enjoy, I will go out of my way to make sure that I buy a CD or I buy a T-shirt. So please, if you like The Fade or, you know, any band uh, and you, you know, hear them on Spotify, that's great. But go buy something of theirs because they don't really get much from these music streaming services and the best way to make sure that they benefit and you can kind of you know show them that you appreciate their work is to get that physical item in your hands that's where they're going to get the most benefit and, and of course go buy a ticket and go see them and so yes go do that so they're okay soapbox i'm off it let's run and so so i want to send a thank you out to an anonymous donor this person went and bought me 33 cups of coffee and I was so amazed I actually was laying in bed and I grabbed my phone and I looked at my email and it was like you know you someone bought you some coffee and I was like oh cool and I, I saw that and I was just like oh my god I don't even know what to say and so <laughs> thank you so much it's so grateful okay so real talk um supporting the podcast uh, monetarily is just great it just helps me to produce the show so actually between these donors they actually have covered my production costs for the next three months that's like as plain as i can say it like you know the subscription services that i use for music and for the podcast hosting they've covered those costs for me and so that's amazing you know it's just one thing that i don't have to think about and it's great and I just, man, it's just I can't even tell you enough how grateful I am. So thank you to all of you uh, for buying me a cup of coffee or multiple cups of coffee. And I would encourage you if you're listening to this, if you enjoyed this episode, please go down to the episode notes and you'll see the buy me a coffee link. Click on it. And it's a fully secure website. They're totally legit. I did my homework and you can buy me one cup of coffee or a couple cups of coffee. And if you want to buy me monthly coffee you can do that as well and you know it would just cause more feel good feelings between the two of us and help me to make the podcast better because there's still tons of things that I need to do or want to do um that may I may not be able to at the time just because they're cost restrictive and so yes let's make this thing better yes Okay. Also, a shout out to Reppin' Pins. Reppin' Pins is a Chicago company. Uh, they make pins so you can rep what you love, like Chicago. They have so many <laughs> Chicago pins. I love it. And I actually noticed uh, recently that they uh, made a pin for this uh, nonprofit organization here in Chicago called Chicago Beyond. If you're not familiar with Chicago Beyond, you should be. So go look them up. Google it. You'll see it. Um, but I noticed that they now have their own Reppin' Pin. And I was like, oh, yeah. I was like, oh, it, you know what? Off the beaten podcast, off the beaten podcast is going to get a rep and pen. It's just a matter of time. So once again, going back to the last conversation, go buy me a bunch of cups of coffee. <laughs> we can make that rep and pen happen, baby. Off the beat podcast is gonna be so colorful and beautiful. Francis is a genius. I'm so excited. So please go do that. But uh, Rep and Pins has a special offer for Off the Beaten Podcast listeners. So go check them out at repandpins.com. Look through all the things, find what represents you and what you want to rep. And then when you get to the checkout, you can enter the code OTBP20, and that'll give you 20% off your entire order. You will not find a deal that good anywhere else for Rep and Pins. And I'm so grateful to them for giving this opportunity to my listeners. I'm a fan of Repin. I own a bunch of Rep and Pins. I've used that code 
food for my own stuff. So go do it, go support them, you know, and in the, the notes or whatever, just be like, yo, I'm a off the beaten podcast listener. He's always talking about you guys. I had to come check it out and I found these pins. You're the best. Thank you. And yeah, man, you know, just creating that Chicago love, baby. So we're going to do this. So go do that. Okay. (laughs) So also, um, as I mentioned before, if you didn't listen to episode 16, go do that. And it'll tell you all the ways that you can support podcasts like mine. So I'm just going to give you a quick breakdown as always of those methods. So for example, please subscribe. That's quick and easy. You're already in your app. Uh, just grab your phone right now. Look at it, open up the app and there you'll see the C and stitcher as a plus sign and Apple podcast. It's a button that says subscribe on it. Subscribe. And so every time I upload a new episode, it'll download automatically into your phone. And when you wake up in the morning, I'm like, Oh Yeah. And you can totally start your day with some off the beaten podcasts like I do. When I upload the episodes the next morning, I actually do listen to them in their entirety. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, that's man. That dude's so cool. And this show is so great. And oh, these conversations are so awesome. And yeah, I'm like, I'm, I'm my I'm my own biggest fan. You know, I ain't gonna lie to you. So <laughs> make that happen. Also, you can rate and review rating and reviewing. It's just a great way to help because it just helps raise uh, helps raise the profile of the podcast to get more eyes and more ears and all of the different platforms. So also, while I'm thinking about it, I actually got a new rate and review recently, and I'm so thankful. So it's from Sarah EFK and uh, Sarah gave me a five star review. Thank you. I think this show is great also. But it, so here's what it says. The review said, great podcast. And I'm like, oh, that's my phone. I thought it was muted. I was wrong. Much like it happens all the time at work when I'm in meetings. I'm like, oh, Jesus. Wh- whose phone is that? And I'm like, sure. <laughs> so, I'm, I do apologize. And I'm not even going to edit that out. But anyway, so the review says, great podcast. I agree. And <laughs> I'm having too much fun. I think I'm I'm getting tired. Okay. Great podcast. I'm enjoying this podcast immensely. I've had the pleasure of knowing Dion for several years now. I've never met anyone so determined to get the most out of life or so profoundly curious, thoughtful, and funny. He has charm in spades, and this leads to a life filled with interesting people and experiences. It's a delight to get a window into his world through this podcast, and I love that it is a celebration of Chicago, the greatest city in the world. Thank you so much. I agree that Chicago is the greatest city in the world. I'm not sure if I agree about me being so thoughtful and funny and charming. Well, I guess I am kind of charming, but you know, anyway, yeah. But thank you so much. Five star rating. Just keep this, keep pounding babies up. Let's do this. Let's do this. Like Domino's. If you're not from Chicago, you might not know about Domino's. I don't know if that's a Chicago thing or not. Okay, but. <laughs> It's huge here in Chicago, but please go rate and review. It's awesome. I appreciate it. Also, you can sign up for the newsletter. Yes, I have a newsletter. You'll be the first person to know when the episode drops. You get like a little bit background on the episode, everything, pictures that I may not share on other social media platforms. And also on non-episode weeks, I drop a, what I call a midweek wrap up and it gives you a little more insight into the podcast and into myself. So definitely sign up for that because you know it's, it's like fun it's cool and it's a quick read and it's it's always entertaining because yes I, I i do tend to be a little entertaining so yeah check that out also you can follow the pod on social media you can follow off the beaten podcast on instagram you can follow off the beaten podcast on facebook and you can follow me on twitter 
and that's all those links are down in the episode notes. So I don't even need to go beyond that, but please go do it. Check us out. You know, send me a message. Hey, I listened to this. Oh, I hated that. Oh my God, what's wrong with you? And you know, we'll, we'll chop it up. It's cool. It's awesome. Also, if you have any questions, concerns, comments that you may not want to air out in public, you can always email me. Uh, the email for the podcast is being silly in the city, all one word at gmail.com. And just let me know what's up and we'll, you know, we could chop it up that way. And if you want me to share it on the podcast, I will. But if it's like something like, please don't share this, but okay, it's cool too, man. You know, we can, we can figure that out. But you know, if you come, I have to be completely honest with you though. If you come with like a bunch of bullshit, you know what I'm saying? I love Trump and I hate you and whatever. I'm going to air it out. And then I'm a, I'm a, you know, just talk about you horribly. So, you know, let's be real. And also you can call and leave a voicemail at 312-488-9068. Write that down or, you know, just come back to this episode and, you know, play it over again. And you'll hear the number, but you can call and leave a voicemail and, um, leave any comments. Tell me how great I am. Tell me how awful I am. Tell me how you love this. Say you hate this. And yes. And if it's appropriate, I'll share it on the podcast. <laughs> Uh, also local music i've not had any up to this point but i would love to feature local music local musicians so if you are interested or you know a musician or band or you know that would be interested in being featured on off the beaten podcast to my listeners please have them email me or call me and i'll get back to them and we'll talk about it and you know and go from there i'm not making any money for this so they're not going to get paid but you know they will get ears all five of my listeners will hear their music and hopefully they'll like check them out so yeah that'd be great i love it and that is it thank you all so much for listening this is episode 17 i'm hoping you can correct count but i never imagined i get this far <laughs> and so it is fabulous and i'm looking i'm already looking forward to the next episode and so until then thank you so much au revoir auf wiedersehen shoes um how do you say goodbye in foreign languages i don't even know but have a great week and great weekend and i'll see you next week for the mid week wrap up and then a week after that for the new episode have a great one Peace.